I just realized I don't even need these headphones because I can hear you. We usually record in our own apartments and then we just edit them together. Oh, you know how um, I said I went to trivia last night? It was really good trivia. It was like it it was like trivia where you don't have to just be a dumbass and guess everything, even if you don't know stuff, because they help you out a little bit. And Rebecca was texting me and she was like, the team next to us is reading our answers. And I was like, what the fuck? And then like literally the next round, they started Googling answers just like oh super blatantly. So did you tell on them? So Rebecca was like three drinks in feeling petty. She messaged the trivia people on Instagram. She told me by accident she did it from Joey, our dog's account. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure she did it on purpose. So for, and our dog, if you want to follow him. You got to plug the dog. Yeah, account. his handle is Joey Puppington, spelled exactly as it sounds. Um, he's super cute, I promise. But basically, like... Two rounds later, the host read it and then wanted to, like, chat to us about it. So, like, over his, like, speakerphone, he was like, um, is there anyone here under the name Joey Puppington, at least on Instagram? And we were like, we're not going up. We're so not going up to talk to him. That's so awkward. So we were just like, who's Joey Puppington? What? We're girls. Isn't it so warm out here? I brought it this, is. like, fucking jacket blanket. Yeah, I brought a second jacket. <laughs> That I was like, but maybe I'll use it as a blanket. How do you keep it so warm out here? Is it the ovens? I think it's the oven. The ovens do it themselves, huh? I mean, speaking of that, I should do an intro and introduce you and where we are, probably, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So welcome, everyone, to Bottomless Broadway, where we talk musicals over mimosas. As usual, I'm Cindy. I'm here with my co-host, Christine. But we're also here with someone super cool today. His name's AJ. He's a new friend. I don't know if you want to shout over here. Welcome. <laughs> Enjoy. Thank you. Um, uh, he is not a podcast guest like we usually have, but our personal private chef tonight. I am yeah. so fucking fancy. <laughs> we are sitting in his beautiful Brooklyn backyard and... I'm going to be like moaning over your pizza all night, I'm sure, but pictures are worth a thousand words or no, a picture is worth a thousand <laughs> words. Pictures are worth 10,000, multiple thousands. No, but pictures are a picture is worth a thousand words. So if you want to see what we are eating or being fed for yourself tonight, check out his Instagram. It's at tiny pizza kitchen. It'll be great. The pictures are truly food porn. I've seen it before. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, and that's not the only thing that's special tonight, although it is the most special thing. But we're also talking about a really special show, I think. It recently came out on Apple TV. Um, it was one of our very first shows, Back to Broadway, and we've both seen it numerous times. There's not that many shows that came out on Apple TV recently, so hopefully you There's know. a trivia question, so. It's, da -da -da, come from away. On the northeast tip of North America, on an island called Newfoundland, there's an airport. It used to be one of the biggest airports in the world, and next to it is a town called Gander. Welcome to the rack if you come from away. You probably understand about half of what we say. They say no man's an island, but an island makes a man. Especially when one comes from one like Newfoundland. Welcome to the rack. Hey, this is future Cindy butting in here. I wanted to give everyone a heads up because in this episode to celebrate the return of Broadway and live performances in general, we've partnered up with Cirque du Soleil for a very exciting giveaway. We give all the details at the end of our episode. So if you want to be the potential recipient of some free stuff, please stick around, please enter, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Do you have five words for Come From Away? I forgot we did this. I forgot we did this too. We um, didn't do it for a very long time. But we're back in business now because theater is back. Friends, people. Um. Okay. Well, so this may or may not be accurate, but I guess for five words, I could do um, better than Hamilton dot dot dot. It's true? Question mark. <laughs> um, because. <laughs> so, okay. There's a backstory to this. All right. Please um, so back in the day, when Come From Away like first came out on a cast album, 
I was listening to it because that was when I like kind of started following the Tonys. Anyway, so I'd listen to it. I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. Like uh, the cat, the music is really good. I really like this. And my friend had gone to see it in Seattle because I think that was the first stop on the national tour. And I saw her again like a month or two after she had seen it. And she was like, Christine, the show is better than Hamilton. And I was like, that seems like a tall order. What is this? Hot sauce. Ooh. Oh my you God. Make I your love own hot, hot honey? honey. So we have a custom made a hot honey. Is it better than Mike's hot? Great. <laughs> I believe it. Um, <laughs> um, oh my God. That pizza looks so good. It's so beautiful. Is it coming over here? You could set it on top of this. This is a very old audio box. Thank you. Oh, sweet. This is the margarita. Ooh. Oh, it looks so okay. good. So we're starting off with like a base level. You know, yeah. Everyone's had a margarita. We can compare. Um, okay, I'm going to take a bite. And then you can continue your story. Oh, this is so good. Holy fuck. Where do you get your mozzarella? It's good, right? Mm-hmm. It is. Do you make your own sauce? Bianco Donopoli. That's where your hat's from. That's where my hat's from. You, guys you have merch from a to- crushed tomato brand? I love a good can of tomatoes. Try the honey. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about the honey. I was too... Okay, I got it. That's so good. Oh, my God. The environment. Okay, continue your Hamilton um, versus Company <laughs> story. That seems blasphemous. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, I... like. I didn't believe her. I was like, that sounds fake. Like, I like what I've heard of it. But And then I had another friend that went and saw it. I forget where. But she was like, no, Heather's totally right. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? Um, so I was like, okay, let me see it for myself. And I did see it for myself. And I, I can see the argument. I don't know where I fall on it. Because Come From Away is like a tight show. It's a 90 minutes. It does like super well with those 90 minutes um like every moment of that show i'd say is like fantastic and the way that the like music is set up like when i'm listening to it i don't skip songs because it just like it flows it you flows know so well um whereas like hamilton like i mean every song is more distinct so it's like i feel like i have favorites and less favorite songs and there are low points yeah mm-hmm. and so like so i see that argument um but i don't know if i'd necessarily consider it objectively better okay i mean you know i like the biggest hamilton fan ever i just saw it for the first i mean sorry i just saw it again for the second time last month and i do think it's not as rewatchable as come from away so that's kind of that kind of leads to my five words i don't know so like we've talked about this a lot my like serious five words was going to be the most rewatchable show ever my funnier five words was going to be didn't didn't know this was in canada i feel so stupid it took me like watching it four times to know that gander was in canada this whole time because because they compared like newfoundland to iceland so i just assumed newfoundland was this random island like northeast of canada that was just there and then in the show they say many times they're like health canada says we have to clean the toilets and never was i like oh they're in canada i was like oh there's just in this like small country that no one cares about outside of canada i feel so stupid also when that gay vegan guy was like do they have vegetables in canada i thought like that was a joke on how like LA gay and ignorant he was that he wasn't in Canada but he was calling it Canada and turns out I was wrong this whole time he was in Canada ignorant I was the dumbass yeah that's my five words um if you don't know the plot of come from away yet lucky for you I don't think there's any real spoilers because it's kind of just like a slice of life but just like so like quick summary 38 planes and nearly 7,000 people who were like flying in the air during the tragic September 11th attacks um, were diverted to a town called Gander, part of an island at the northeast tip of Canada, which is still part of Canada. Um, And the town had only a total of 7,000 people itself. So a ton of people came, basically. And this musical explores how such a small town accommodates visitors that doubles its size and... 
like how the cultures of like a small town collide with people coming from all over the world and how all of these people deal with the shock and aftermath of these attacks. And so like I just said, this is a super rewatchable show and it never gets old. And I think part of that is probably the energy. It like sends you off on such a high. Yeah, um, which is why we want it to be our first Broadway show musical. And I remember yeah. you mentioned right after you'd seen it, um, you're like, "That's the quickest standing ovation I've ever seen." Like the minute, like the last note hit, everyone was just like up because it ends on such an incredibly high note. And I think, like, if you haven't seen it, it's a great show to see now because it's. I don't know. When I was watching it this time, it has this like notion of like celebrating coming out of tragedy together kind of Mm -hmm. so like this whole like broadway has been shut down for a year and a half and now we're back is just the perfect feel it's just like the show has the perfect energy for right now i think so i think part of the rewatchability is the energy i think part of the rewatchability is also that there's just no plot obviously it's about a situation um and like if you watch it again it's fine because there's no like plot shock factor or anything it's just simply a really at the, good musical. at the same time you have that same sort of emotional response to it where like like i cried again every time i watched you it cry watching come from away so i walk into this show i expect it to be like just the cast album essentially with like you know added visuals but then they have so many like interspersed scenes and those scenes are like super funny and stuff and like there's just so much to it but because i also knew the ending like the first song is welcome to the rock where they talk about like the place that they live and like how there's a ton of just like really harsh weather but they're like survivors and stuff and they repeat this refrain of like i'm an islander and i literally started crying there because i was like by the end they're all gonna be islanders (laughs) and i was like I was like telling my other friend, I was like, yeah, I like started crying once they started being like, I'm an Islander. And he was like, isn't that like two minutes time? into the show? And I was like, yes. Wait, was that just this time or also? No, the that was the time? first time I saw it. What? Oh my God. So the other thing that I was saying about like, there's no plot. It's just a good musical. But the other thing about how rewatchable it is, is like, there's no main plot, but there's a lot of like very small, cute subplots. And I feel like the more times I watch the show, the more endearing I find those plots, even though like I it's the same thing every time I know it's going to happen. But it's just like I care about the characters more every time or something or also like I focus on a different one. every They time. do a really good job of establishing characters because each person plays like at least three or four characters, like each person in the cast. And it's what, like a 12 person cast or something. I don't quite remember. Um but they like each character is pretty much fully fleshed out like you know who each of them are you like kind of know where they where their headspace is after 9/11 happens and like how they're responding to it looking into this a little more about how this musical got started um there's a podcast about it on the Broadway Backstory podcast which I think I've also mentioned on this podcast before for other shows but they like interviewed all the um original writers and stuff but the original guy who like came up with this idea was actually like a lawyer and like kind of a part-time theater producer he's like yo I think this could make a really good musical and nobody in Canada believed him they were like you're gonna write a musical about like people feeding other people sandwiches and like giving them showers to doing like good luck with that and then he like went to the fringe festival where he like found the songwriters um so yeah and it was like he couldn't find even after they did a workshop that was like super successful like people who watched it loved it they still couldn't find a canadian producer and it was actually like produced in both connecticut and new york first before they took it to like san diego and seattle and dc and then eventually toronto It was interesting watching it again after the pandemic because, well, I mean, so I cried in ridiculous places the first time I watched it, like the first song. (laughs) But I definitely like had different places that like got me emotional this time I watched it. And I like don't even know why. I mean, okay, I can like kind of make a guess. But like in Welcome to the Rock, instead of the like I'm an Islander part, it was the like we will survive, like we will stand strong, like we said like and it's about all the, the elements yeah the one tried to kill us and we said we will not back down whatever i mean it does like make you feel a little bit of self-pity like the whole like elements try to kill you stuff but we survive because we were both here for the entire last two years nothing really happened to us but you know <laughs> when they sing about it they're just like things tried to kill us and we're fine and i was like hell yeah we are <laughs> Welcome to the land where the winter tried to kill us and we said 
we will not be killed. Welcome to the land where the waters tried to drown us and we said, we will not be drowned. Welcome to the land where we lost our loved ones and we said, we will still go on. Welcome to the land where the wind tried to blow and we said no. 38 Planes, I actually don't have too many thoughts about. I love the reprise. Yeah. The reprise, like, spoiler alert, is probably my favorite song. I think me too. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Well, okay, just really quick. What are your top songs? 38 Planes, Reprise, slash Somewhere in the Middle Nowhere is probably the top. Um, among Me and the Sky, which makes me feel super basic, but it is up there. Um, and then Costume Party, I'd say. Every time I see that song name, I, like, forget what it's actually about. Um, I agree with the top two that you said. Well, I don't know if Me in the Sky is number two for me. I think it goes 38 Planes, Reprise, and then... 28 hours wherever we are it's such a fun song it goes on for so long i know it goes on for so long yet every time i see it i'm like that goes on for so long because they have like multiple scenes dispersed throughout so this is probably like one of the first songs on this album that i truly care about the first couple of songs are mainly sung by the people of gander who are just like watching the attacks on the news and freaking out and like they're getting their supplies ready to welcome 6,700 people into their homes. Mm -hmm. But um, 28 hours wherever we are is sung by the people on the plane. And um, we watch it on Apple TV, which this is one of the songs that I really appreciate on Apple TV as well, because the staging and like the set of come from way is super, super minimalistic. They literally have some like trees in the background to make you know that this is a super like remote and rural place. And then like we said, like 12 actors each play like three or four characters. And um, there's just some chairs on the stage and like maybe a table at some point. I'm not even sure. Um, So like when they pretend to be the people on the plane, they literally just line up the chairs two by two. So it looks like plane seating, which is, totally fine for like the stage production like there's nothing wrong with that but i really like how they film the close-ups in the apple tv recording because it actually kind of looks like a real plane Hmm. because like they had just close-ups where you can't see much else right also fun fact i don't know if you read this but i was just like looking for some last minute fun facts um but apparently the trees are real oh so well i don't know if they still are real but at least at first when they first opened the trees on stage were real and they didn't want leaves on them because it was just supposed to look a little like intimidating but um the stage lights were so fucking insane that they started sprouting leaves (laughs) people were stuck on this plane for so long because not only were many of them coming from like flying in from other countries they were also like stuck on the tarmac and gander for like 12 hours or something because they weren't allowed to just like on board because People thought they could be bomb threats as well. And there was like a lot of investigation going on. So for 28 hours, people are on this plane, bored out of their minds. And just like they're angry, they're freaked out, they're yelling, they're drunk because they start giving out airplane shots to everyone. That is a great moment in this show. Yeah. So um, yeah, the song goes on forever. There's multiple scenes of like people complaining. My favorite line in the song has to be, We didn't know where we were, but we knew that we were hammered. And um, I know that there's a scene where these two girls stand at the door of the airplane, which is apparently like 20 feet above the ground or whatever, and flash people because they're just like bored out of their minds. And like, I know the scene exists. And when we were watching the show most recently, I literally thought they cut it out because it just wasn't happening. I was like, how much longer can this song possibly go on for? So, and then also in the Apple TV version with the close-ups, I never saw this on the stage before, but when the girls do flash everyone, the English dude, the old Englishman, he has the funniest expression. He's just like, oh my God, which I never got to see, like if not for Apple TV. So I loved that as well. I do think 28 Hours also hits a little more after the pandemic because they're like, like, I mean, people were going stir crazy, like, in their apartments where they had, you know, like, full kitchens and their entire bedroom and, like, you know, real furniture. And just imagining, like, 28 hours on a plane where, like, every time I play- take a plane, I'm like, I'm going to just, like, knock myself out, go to sleep. And by the time I wake up, I'll be there and it'll be fine because I don't remember being on this plane. But, like, yeah. for 28 hours, that 
is crazy. That's when the edibles come in. <laughs> I don't know how else you could sleep for that long. And then people were like, there were children sleeping in the aisles. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to get stepped on. Like, it's a plane full of drunk people. <laughs> oh, my God. There's another pizza. Is that ricotta? It is ricotta. That's the main reason why I like white pizza. <laughs> Guys, Tiny Pizza Kitchen on Instagram. If you hear me chewing during this episode, it's because food matters more than musicals. Oh, my God. Okay, so that's, I see the pomegranate seeds. Is that still basil? And the and the hennawood mushrooms. Oh, so good. The ricotta is amazing. The mushrooms are amazing. Yeah, he told me earlier that that pizza oven goes up to 1,200 degrees. That's like three times a normal fucking oven that's amazing yeah because when we were texting and you were like oh i don't drink when i'm cooking i'm like oh you know it's chill like surely you can drink a little but you should not drink around a 1200 degree oven (laughs) yeah this ricotta is really good do you go by augie not aj so is augie's infamous your future restaurant name that's the plan that's the plan okay augie Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, food truck pizza. I don't think I've seen that. That would be really cool. There's crap food trucks out there that I think you could just take over. You know what? Near my apartment, there is a... Okay. First of all, near my apartment, there's like five bodegas within a block, right? And then there is a bodega food truck. I was like, go... Yeah. I was like, go go to like Long Island or like go to Connecticut. Like we don't, we don't need we don't need a bodega food truck. I have several real bodegas right there. Why is there a bodega food truck? Well, the last main thing I remember talking about is twenty eight hours and how I was saying how like it's so weird to think that like all these stories actually happen. And like to be fair, some of the characters are like amalgamations of multiple people that they had interviewed. But um, yeah, it's crazy because like I mean, I guess maybe spoilers but um diane and nick meet on the plane originally and then they like start getting closer throughout this entire like they're there for like four or five days um and then eventually they like end up getting married and like nick moves to texas to be with diane and that's like that's wild like could you imagine like nick's life is truly really sad like he has no one except his office to call when his plane gets diverted to Gander and his office doesn't even fucking care. I mean, okay, skipping ahead a little, we're not really going in order of the track list today, apparently, but that's fine because it's not a new show. Um, at the Towards the end of the show, they sing a song called Stop the World, mm-hmm. which is basically like the two of them are at the Dover Fault taking pictures, waiting for their plane to say it's time to take off and like head back to where they were going. And... Um, basically it's like super sweet like nick's like slyly taking pictures of diane without her knowing and like stuff like that um but they sing this song where there's just like okay like this was awesome it's been the best five days ever but like now it's just over and we're gonna be strangers and he's gonna go back to london and i'm gonna go back to texas and it's like whatever and it's so relatable it's just like have you ever just like talked like ran into a random person and had like the greatest conversation of your life it's just like such a magical night and then you're just like okay that was 30 seconds so i'm not just gonna like come out and profess my undying love to this person <laughs> but like bye forever but you're just also like oh like what if it was something mm-hmm. doesn't that happen i feel like it happens in new york a lot yeah actually okay speaking of like dating and shit um in I think this is probably still in 28 hours wherever we are where the flight attendants are just like we play them every single movie we have because they're bored out of their mind and we even play them Titanic which is such a bad omen um but I was thinking about that and I was like people used to watch the same movie on planes like now we have our own screen and we watch whatever. this is why there's like no more meat cutes in this world and we're all on hinge because you used to be able to watch titanic together stop the world seize the moment but the minute he goes you're alone and it's through pinch yourself tell yourself you're just dreaming that means he'll forget about you but he where the continents once crashed together 
I don't think there's any important songs until Costume Party, really, mm-hmm. which you mentioned being one of your favorites. Do you want to start on that? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I think the premise itself of Costume Party is really interesting because it's all the plain people who are now stuck in this, like, high school gym or, like, wherever they're stuck. Um, and they they were only allowed to take their carry-ons off the plane, so they have, like, nothing. Um, and some of them were just flying domestic, so they probably weren't bringing a lot anyway. But the, like, people of Gander, they, like, donated a bunch of clothes that they were, like, here, like, here are stuff that we're not using right now. Like, you can totally have them. Like, maybe you'll find something your size. And the people talk about how it feels like some, like, weird costume party where they're just, like, trying on random stuff. And they, like... They're seeing different people. Yeah, and they, they feel are. like they're totally different from the person that they were, like, literally 24 hours ago. Or, I guess, 28. Not a lot of these songs, I feel like, stand on their own. And that's why I think, like, Me and the Sky became such a big song. Like, everything else, like flows into the next scene or like has some build-up from the previous scene and i feel like cosmic party does that too but at the same time it's about this like very specific incident it's also okay so it's an interesting part for diane too because i think i believe she puts on like some gander lady's shirt and she's like i'm like standing here like wearing another woman's clothes who am i if i'm not the person i was yesterday and then like later on in the show when she's just kind of like loving gander ready to have fun and like really into nick and stuff she's just like no one knows me here i can be whoever i want and i'm like oh that changed that's called character development (laughs) oh also these pomegranate seeds i love them awesome oh that makes me very happy it adds a nice texture too to it. It is. It's like that crunch and like a little burst. Yeah, no, but I also just I love the melody of Costume Party because a lot of the songs in this are once again like sort of amalgamations of other songs. So I feel like Costume Party mostly stand on stands on its own as far as like the melody and stuff. Um and so I don't know, I just really like that. And it's just a nice way of seeing like the initial sort of like befuddlement and reaction of people being like totally out of their depth because like once you get to the party scene like it's the party is right after on the edge where everybody's like mad at each other but then once they're in the party it's like all right we love everyone now and they're like more settled with themselves um but then costume party it's like past that first like desperation of being like are these people i know okay like they've already gotten to a phone and been able to like call whoever they need to call but now it's just like shit what do i do next like i have nothing else that i have planned for however long it takes me to get off this stupid island i believe after this scene is also one of my favorite like comedic dialogue scenes the gay couple and nick and diane go on a walk together and then one of the guys in the gay couple i need to know their names but i just they're don't. both named kevin oh yeah they're both named kevin how could i forget that kevin and kevin and then he's just like it's just like, yeah, Kevin and I aren't really telling people that we're together. You just don't know where the red states are in another country. And then um, Diane's like, so we're walking with this really nice gay couple. Nick is like, oh, yeah, I work in oil. And then literally Kevin and Kevin, who work in L.A., are like work. They have like an environmental company. So they're just like, we hate people in oil. And then Nick is like, I just got the feeling that they hate me. And then Kevin and Kevin go into a bar and Diane's like, I don't want to go to a bar. And Nick's like, I'm going to stay with Diane, you know, as opposed to the gay men who hate me. But also, like, speaking of that scene, so Come From Away does have a turntable and, like, they use it in such a low-key way. Where, like, I feel like the turntable in Hamilton is, like, still very effectively used, but, like, kind of flashy about it. Like, you know, like satisfied and stuff yeah it's like very obvious it's like whoa there's a turntable but like here it's like so low-key and it's just like they're just like casually strolling and the way that they like block this like i don't know christopher ashley the director he really did some great work here which is also really funny because when diana came out and everyone hated it they're like i can't believe this is the same director it's come from away but yeah but the way they use the turntable it's just like they're like taking a casual stroll but then they're like taking turns to face the audience to like narrate their side of the story and stuff and like for most of the time you honestly just forget that the turntable's there i want to say they only use it maybe like five times in the entire show like also because we haven't talked about it a lot because there's only like 12 people playing like i don't know 30 different characters 
I feel like that was also a really good choice because it really is about like these people could have been anyone. They're not like special just because this happened to them. They were regular people before this. When they switch characters, like some of them are actually pretty hard to tell like who's who. Like when um one of the Kevins turns into the Muslim guy, I honestly I honestly didn't realize that was the same actor for like the longest time because and they they adopt like completely different demeanors their posture is different they have all these different accents like everybody from gander has this like crazy accent but then like then the guy who plays nick the guy from london he has like this british accent that he like takes on and then he goes straight back to like the newfoundland accent and like stuff like that it's it's truly wild how they switch characters yeah well okay there's i am here which is actually the song after costume party is this mine by the way this slice sure. i'm gonna take it yeah it's wonderful the the song after costume party is called i am here which is i believe the only other solo besides mm-hmm. me in the sky right yeah. um it is sung by the woman whose son is a firefighter in new york who was in fight eye as a first responder at the time. And honestly, the first two times I watched this show, I really didn't like this that much because I just think it slows down the show so much. The third time I watched it, maybe I'm just a more empathetic person now because I'm an adult. Um, I mean, I, I was an adult before too, just to clarify, <laughs> just just to be clear. Um, I liked it a lot more. I don't know. I remember you like talking about this you're like this is so uninspired it's like a 136 like that's so boring everybody does this and i was like but she's so like worried about her son like i was just like wow she's a psychopath she has no empathy like it's just i feel like it's on a different page as the rest of the show like i can see why you would say it like slows the show down but i i think it's necessary just to remind people like how tragic it is right yeah yeah i i agree like i think it serves a purpose in the show it's just like it was such a low point for me but now maybe it's because i have a puppy so i care about someone but like i guess cindy only cares about one being in this universe and it's a dog yeah i don't even care about him that much if i found my dream apartment and it wasn't pet friendly i would just check him out the window after all that time you spent curating your instagram <laughs> no follow his instagram please I should be down there and checking the hospitals, putting up signs, doing something. Instead, I am here. I am here in Canada. I am telling you, listen, my son, he takes risks. He's not missing. He's helping or hurt. He'll get out of this. Yes, I'll keep trying. And yes, here's the number. And yes, at the Legion and Gander, I'll be right here. I should be there when it's over and done, when it comes through the door and should be there for my son but instead i am here okay and then i think after that we're pretty much looking at the party yeah basically everyone so oh so our amazing john colella slash beverly bass comes up she's like listen we're not flying the airspace is closed so go crazy yeah (laughs) So right before the party is On the Edge, um, which is a song where everybody's, like, ready to fight each other. And I guess another part of this show is, um, so there's this one Muslim guy, Ali, who there's a scene when they're, like, first getting off the planes and they're doing the whole, like, customs check. Like, where are you coming from? Where are you going? What are, what's your purpose? And he's coming from Egypt or, like, his citizenship is Egyptian. Um, and And they, like do a whole search of him he's late to the bus that they're getting on and it, it's very uncomfortable like to just watch because you just feel so bad for him and like the same thing with on the edge like they hear him talking um in a different language to like people on the phone and he like looks middle eastern and stuff and people like start being like oh like did you want this are you calling your other friends to like you know encourage them or whatever and like and other people start like yelling at each other. And so I, I forget who it was. Like maybe it's the mayor or like the guy playing the mayor or something who's like, hey, let's all go to this bar. We'll just get a few drinks and we'll all be friends. Does the whole grill party happen before this? Which one? The grills. The party with the grills. Ooh. Um, 
happened? I think it happens before then, yeah. Because they have this whole thing where they're like, yeah, it's the thank you for shopping at Walmart. Would you like to come back to my house for a free shower? Yeah. It's that whole thing. And he's like, he was like, this is, well, this is before Get Out comes out, but he's basically like, this is the Get Out situation. I'm going to get murdered because it's a black guy from Brooklyn. He like, <laughs> the the one person he trusts to go home with is like the mayor of Appleton. Mayor, yeah. He's like, it sounds fancy, but it's not. We get to this party and it's like, basically everybody's there. The real screeching is the inauguration. They, they literally ask like, who wants to be a Newfoundlander? Grill stealing guy volunteers, the gay lumberjack volunteers, and then Diane and Nick volunteer, or she volunteers him. Mm-hmm. I love this scene so much especially when they bring out screech and they're like screech is this terrible alcohol and then all four of the guys on stage down it because it's like part of the inauguration and then kevin is like screech is basically bad jamaican rum and nick is like screech is disgusting and diane is like screech is delicious and she's like i've never had more than one beer in my life but now i have had two and she's just like freaking out and they have to kiss this fish Mm -hmm. great things happen Diane kisses Nick. She doesn't remember because she said two beers. You can't blame her. Can't remember anything after two beers. <laughs> Nothing. Um, I also really like this whole scene because it really like highlights the music a lot. Um, they bring out this thing called an ugly stick, which I oh must assume is like a, a classic Newfoundlander. I wish thing. they would sell a keychain of the ugly stick. The ugly stick is basically like an ugly mask with some like straw hair attached attach onto a stick that is shoved it's into like a, a boot. tambourine that's a broom that's shoved into a boot yeah it's so great and like i would love for that to be my keychain my only current broadway keychain is what's the instrument from band's visit you know you got a keychain in that i got it because it looks so cool it is very cool it's so solid it like weighs more than all of my keys combined wait i have it you didn't even like that show that much no, i hated that show it's a terrible show i don't know who actually likes it um, anyways, if they had a keychain of the screech, I would have loved to had it have it. Their merch sucks. We've seen it three times each. Right. Yeah. No merch, right? You got no merch? There's yeah, no, I haven't. The merch found. sucks. I need a shot glass that says we didn't know where we were, but we knew that we were hammered. But yeah, but Kevin J, who is the one that's like from Brooklyn, who honestly, he's not painted in a great light in this whole show because Every time, like, Kevin T, which is his boyfriend, who is also his boss, um, is like, oh, let's go explore. Let's go check out what the locals are up to. He's like, I'm just going to sit here in my own misery. Um, like, if you kiss that, kiss that fish, I will leave you. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the, the party in the Apple TV Pro shot, Kevin Jay's, like, leaving through the back wall. And he's like, Kevin? Kevin? Like, he's, like, trying to get his boyfriend's attention. And he, like realizes that no one's paying attention to him and he leaves and i i i swear that's like not in the stage show i didn't even notice that in the apple tv version that's so funny because he is so kevin j i guess is super bummed out that um his boyfriend doesn't notice when he leaves the party he's like moping the next day and then his boyfriend kevin is like are you still mad that i kissed the fish and then he's like no i'm mad that i left a party and you didn't even notice i didn't fucking notice I didn't even notice in I, the Apple TV version. I swear that's not in the There's stage show, but maybe wall? no one cares. You know, it's the same that... hole that's the airplane door. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, that okay. one. yeah. He leaves through that. What um, if it does happen on stage and we just we just don't care about him? Like, we, yeah, like we just, just like, never notice. There's like, so much going on. We're in like, that screw scene. this guy. Like this party is way more fun. We're here like, for the party. So annoying. I can't believe he's like saying he's from New York and he won't kiss a fucking fish. We'll do anything over here. But yeah, there's kind of an abrupt transition to me in this guy because it's literally just like, like they sort of try to set it up before the party where Jen Kalal's like, I'm gonna sit by the phone and wait for a call. Um. Okay, me and this guy. What are my like? main memories about us talking about this is you telling me that originally the writers what is it irene irene and david um sank off okay irene that, sank off and david hine that they had interviewed beverly bass this first female captain and like almost scrapped the entire show to just make a biopic about her yeah. basically <laughs> Which I would have totally watched. I read so much about her since then because she's such an interesting character. And actually, so she's not actually the first female pilot for American Airlines. She's their first female captain, which honestly, I did not know it was different. 
the f- I just learned something. The very first female pilot of American Airlines, I forget her name. I'm sure she's also super cool, but she has like totally milked that. She has put out like 15 books. I'm not even joking. This bitch is just like, I flew first 15 times. But I was reading up on Beverly Bass and like, yeah, her life is super interesting. One of my like favorite anecdotes is literally when she interviewed for American Airlines. She looks like a little bit tomboyish, which like mm-hmm. Jen Clella pulls off. And she was like, I hated it so much when I had to check off my gender on my like job application form because I was like, maybe if I don't tell them, they just won't know. <laughs> like, what if they just forget about it? <laughs> like, maybe they won't find out. It's like, what? <laughs> but anyways, she obviously like still got the interview and everything. And apparently like at the interview, because she was so worried that they weren't going to hire a woman to be a pilot during her interview, she promised her interviewer that she was not going to get married and she was not going to have children. And then she got married and then she had two, <laughs> she had two kids. No, I think this is also one of those things where um, it's when I was talking about Nick and Diane, I'm like, that's crazy that this happened. It's also like, it's one of those things where it's like, I can't believe that she was one of the pilots that flew there. And she also happened to be the first female captain. Mm-hmm. And like, she also happened to have this, like, you know, it's just like, it's like, wow. Like the fact that it just, she just happened to be flying on this flight that got diverted, like one of 38 planes and like the entire, whatever the American airlines fleet is, you know? And, um, and yeah, like I was listening to the, the Broadway backstory podcast about this and they were like, Oh my God, we were just ready to like write the Beverly best musical. Um, but what's also super cute is that she's like BFFs with Jen Colella now. Like they, I know she's seen this show a hundred times, which is crazy. Yeah. She, well, and she also lives in Texas and because she's a former pilot, she gets like free flights. So I think like just every month she's like, you know, I haven't seen Come From Away in a while. Like maybe I'll just head to New York again or something like that. Like, I don't know. She and Diane are the coolest people I know from Texas already. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Funny story. So when I saw Freestyle Love Supreme in this like current iteration, the post pandemic one, um, you know, they do that segment where they have the like they say yell out things that you hate and then they do a segment of our least favorite things so one person just yelled out texas so like one uh one guy was like i'm taking texas <laughs> and and like i forget what he said like because they do multiple like sort of rounds of freestyle where they like will do their first sort of rap they'll go to the next person and then they'll like circle back and so it's for his first round he was like talking about um like like women's rights and like all that like um abortion and all that stuff and then the second round when it came back to him he was like i don't remember the exact rhyme but he was like you know there are some nice things about texas like i don't completely hate texas like there's like and then he just like stays silent for the rest of his turn which is kind of a cop-out but was also super funny (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess like the one last thing about jen because like jen colella and beverly bass are such good friends that I feel like there is something special about watching Jen Kalala's performance as opposed to, like, anyone else doing it because... And she also has talked about this. She's like, every time I meet up with, like, Beverly or whatever, I notice some, like, more mannerism she does that I, like, incorporate into my own performance. And they have, like... Like, Beverly Bass back in the day had, like, longer hair, I think. But, like, now she has this sort of pixie cut, which, like, also Jen Kalala has. So it really is just, like, they're basically the same person now. Um, (laughs) And, like, this... Like, currently on Broadway, it's played by Rachel Tucker, who... She is a former Alphaba, and as I've told people, like she's a former Alphaba, and you can tell. Um, like I think she optioned up like multiple times during Me in the Sky. Um, but it is a little bit, and also partially because Jen Kalil has such a distinct voice, I feel like that makes it a little more special too. It, it makes that song especially stand out a little more. And Jen Kalil is the only cast member who got a Tony nomination, which is also because everybody's kind of on equal footing so it's like tough to figure out who the main character is but like Jen Kalella does have that sort of standout role um but when it's someone like Rachel Tucker who again has an incredible voice but like has a more like traditional belters voice it it does sort of like fade into the background a little bit more yeah I mean the song is 
really so powerful because she starts off from like when she's like a five-year-old and she just talks about like how unattainable her dream to be a pilot is because there's literally no female pilots and she goes through like working the shittiest jobs i actually also read this when i was reaching her researching her back when you told me they almost wrote a show about her is um so we know from the song that one of the first jobs she did was flying for a mortician and flying a bunch of dead bodies um, she, that wasn't her first choice. She wanted to fly for private companies because she was like, okay, I can't get hired at commercial plane companies, like commercial airlines, but I can fly like small charter jets for like execs, basically. Mm-hmm. So she applied to jobs like that. And then she basically got turned down because they were like, we can't hire a woman to fly our executives. What would their wives think? And I was like, please, it's like, this is like the 70s. They're all cheating on their wives anyway. Like, there's female flight attendants. There's female bartenders. You're worried about the pilot. She's busy. Like, she's keeping your husband alive. Anyways, the song, like, and so she, like, details all of, like, the sexism she has to deal with and everything. And, like... Literally, the song is about to end on such a high because she just has like success after success after success in her life because she's amazing. And then like, I thought this was such a smart, like lyrical choice where she describes 9-11 as the one thing I loved the most in the world was used as the bomb. Mm-hmm. So smart. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just so good. Like I could I can just like repeat it over and over and it's still a great lyric choice it's also one of the songs that like Sondheim does this a lot I think where you have like a repeating chorus but like every time you hear it it sort of changes um and then in this case it doesn't change that much she's like and now there's nothing between me and the sky because she like finally achieves her dream of flying but after she talks about 9-11 she's like like now there is something in between me and the sky um and in the in the cast recording, they like let her finish that sentence. But in the stage show, which you can also see on Apple TV, like she doesn't finish the sentence before the phone calls. So mm-hmm. it's like there is like she can't even finish it, um, which I thought yeah. that was like a really smart lyrical choice as well. I think because like we already talked about Stop the World and stuff like the next truly important song is the 38 Planes Reprise. Mm-hmm. And this is a song where the planes are actually taking off, which I'm sure we have like a lot to chat about. But she has these like mini solo verses within. That is such a cool knife. You weren't cutting with like a little roller this whole time. It's the new thing that everybody. It's probably more efficient. What that is way, it right? called? It's called a rocker blade. A rocker blade. It's definitely more efficient. It's although really cool. My cutting skills sort of suck. Oh, it sounds so good. The it's the crust. The, yeah. It's nicely. Isn't that crazy? I told him that I make pizza dough with like yeast for thirty minutes, and he was like, <laughs> he's like, that's disgusting. <laughs> oh my gosh, the ham. Okay, I need to take a picture. I'm just take a bite. Deep breaths. This is so great. This is so good. I can totally taste the Cajun. Mm-hmm. And then there's peppers as well. There are, um, nope, that's cherry tomatoes. Oh, wow. It's tarragon and basil, herbs, corn, fresh corn that I cut off. And still the pomegranate. The corn and the pomegranate, I feel like, does a similar thing that works together really well. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I don't want to, I don't think it's my favorite. Because the other ones are so good, but it's just like the greatest margarita ever. It it's is. so good. We could put oh my god, no, I love it. No, I want the margarita. I just want it on. It's so good. Mozzarella is great. Oh yeah, and your pizza sauce is great. That's the tomatoes. I'm gonna send you both home with the candies. Oh man, thank you so much. Yeah, but for me in the sky. So again, I cried during the song the first time I saw it. I cried through the whole show. It should not be news by now. <laughs> The the like whole entire female crew, that one got to me. I was crying. Um, I went with my friend Justine, who she was also crying. But at some point she was like, you are truly ridiculous. Why are you crying right now? Um, <laughs> but then we like, and we saw this in LA. It was on tour. And we stage doored after it. And we were just like, you know, talking about like our favorite moments and stuff. And I started talking about me in the sky. And I like cried again talking about it. I was like, what is wrong with me? Damn, you cried talking about this song? I don't think I've seen you cry at a show. Um, but yeah, so in 38 Planes, when Jen Kalala has these like mini solo verses, this they do... So what? 
The figs are so good. The figs are good, right? Tiny Pizza Kitchen on Instagram. Yeah, like, I feel like her solo verses, like, they do hold a lot of weight, but they're also, like, very narrative. What she's saying is just nothing crazy, but I want to cry during 38 Planes when she's just like, ladies and gentlemen, look out your window. Underneath all that rain is Maine. We just crossed the American border. Welcome back to the USA. I was like, holy fuck, we're back in America. I'm, I'm not even a patriotic person. Like, fuck America for all I care. But when she's like, we're back. And I was like, hell yeah, we're back. For some reason, the line that I, I always get. Tear up right now. I don't even... <laughs> It's so good. Oh my god! And I even cry when they enter Texas. Texas. We just entered Texas. I know it's so good. Oh my Um, god. No, but like for some reason, I just love the way that she does. Ladies and gentlemen, put your seat backs and tray tables up. Yeah, it's just like because it's it's the thing that you like hear all the time if you fly a lot. But then the way that she says, she's like, put your seat bags and tray tables up. In their, <laughs> in their case, it's like they're finally home. Yeah. But I kept getting hired and the World War II crew, they retired. And the girls all thought much higher of me. 1986, the first female American missing which is the next song where they talk about like oh like people keep asking me if i'm okay like but how do i tell them that like the last five days were like the best five days of my life and it only happened because this terrible thing happened and i think that's like a really interesting point to make they weren't ever really in danger like once they got diverted to gander but at the same time there was like so much anxiety and fear it's actually like kind of interesting looking at the Broadway shows that happened like right around and after 9-11 cuz like that was people were talking about like the you know the pandemic as like oh this is the only time Broadway shut down which is like it's the only time Broadway shut down for this long but like during 9-11 Broadway did shut down for a week also and like um and actually Raul Esparza was talking about how he had been in Tick Tick Boom at the time which is also upcoming on Netflix um, <laughs> with Andrew Garfield um but he was talking about because that's also like a quintessential New York story. And he was talking about how like after 9 because they had started performances before 9-11, I think. But after 9-11, he was like walking by St. Patrick's Cathedral or something. And like someone stopped him or was like, oh, well, like, aren't you the person who's in the show? And he was like, oh, yeah, like I'm doing it. And they're like, thank you so much for doing this show because they had been like a firefighter or something like that. And they're like, okay. this is just such an important show. And that was just like. One of the things that stuck with him about how, like, oh, e- after tragedy, that's when, like, art becomes even more important. And, like, you can also kind of see that with, like, again, like, how we were going to come from away after the pandemic. It's great. It is it is a great show to see right now. And honestly, I'm really sad that it's, like, on discount so often because I don't want it to close. I just think yeah. you can watch it over and over again. I really hope it doesn't close. The Apple TV, I feel like the Apple TV recording has only increased interest in it. But also, like, I feel like there's a very small subset of people who have Apple TV. I don't think I'm ever going to watch Come From Away on Apple TV again. Oh, really? Just, well, maybe if the show closes. But, like, until then, well, it was I just don't want to be, like, desensitized to it. Mm. It's it funny because, like, so after we watched it in person, we, like, went to a bar and everything. We, like, spent, like, two hours at that bar or something. <laughs> I went home and I, like, started watching the Apple TV version when I, like, got back home. Because I just wanted to, like... Wasn't it, like, 1230? Yeah. <laughs> listen. You work. Listen. I got to bed at, like, 2 a.m. I think they transitioned really well into and out of Something's Missing. Because it is, like, somewhere in the middle of nowhere, it feels like such an uplifting song. Because they're like, we're finally getting back to the United States. We're, like, in Texas. Everybody's, like, happy that they're in Texas. Um, and Something's Missing is about the actual aftermath. Like, Beverly Bass talks about how no one's flying anywhere because they're all scared. Kevin J moves back to Brooklyn. Kevin T is really sad that 
they broke up. People in New York are like, yeah, financial district is still burning and stuff. And it all culminates in um, Hannah, who is the one whose son is a firefighter. She finds out that her son has died in the attacks. And then it, it eventually gets back to Janice Mosier, who she, this entire time, she's been like the news reporter in Gander. And she's been kind of like delivering the news to us. And she talks about how, and it, it transitioned really nicely into like the aftermath of her career going into, and then on the 10th anniversary of 9-11, like when everybody came back. And then I actually got emotional here where it like had all the like major news outlets. And then it's like, and Janice Moisher here for like Rogers TV in Gander. And I was like, she's the hometown grown news reporter. She was here. Like she's back at it again. And that's where you find out that like Nick and Diana like are still together. They got married and everything. And like, you know, all that. Okay. So the great thing about that reporter scene is all these other reporters are from very big networks. There's like, I'm a reporter from BBC, from CBS. And they're just like all saying stuff like that. And then like this girl is just like, I'm a local reporter. But at the same time, like the audience already knows her and like she's the reporter. So we're all just like, oh shit. Like it's just that like cool moment. I know you haven't seen Queen's Gambit, right? No, I haven't. But um, there's this really good scene, I believe, in the last episode where, like, basically at this point, she's super famous because she's, like, the best chess player ever. And there's all these, like, major news networks that are showing up at her international competitions wanting to email her, wanting to talk to her because she is the first female, like, chess player that has done so well. Her old friend, who used to be a chess player that she met at a competition, like, years ago, who, like, Eventually, like, he just wasn't as good to, like, play at a national level or anything. So he quit being a chess player and became a reporter. And then he was just like, I am blah, blah, blah from this network. And, like, everyone pauses because she, like, kind of has a crush on him or something. And, like, it's the same moment. The finale is amazing. And it's more or less a reprise of Welcome to the Rock, even though they don't call it that. It's such a perfect, like, bookend to the show. I guess because um, it was like you said like originally they're just like we're such a small town no one cares about us the winds try to kill us we're islanders and then like at the end it's just like people from all over the world are visiting you like you are the only person uh, are the only place outside the United States that has like a piece of the World Trade Center like there's just like stuff going on that is so major in this tiny town of 7,000 people and it's so incredibly emotional you're gonna cry again aren't you (laughs) (laughs) yeah um no I don't know that that just got to me uh yeah that's the the other thing I do want to mention is like this is probably one of the only shows where like the entire audience stays for the band play out which they also like call screech out which i think is really funny and cute because like everybody's like already on their feet everybody's like clapping along already to the song and then like the cast leaves that the band is like yeah we're here to play like the one band more is thing so charismatic is yeah. it like this like there is their tour cast also that good mm-hmm. they do the same thing i don't yeah. get it like the band they could be actors <laughs> isn't the guy that plays the ugly stick part of the band he's not one of the actors yeah, he's part of the band. I think he might. I don't remember. Like the band members are just great actors. Too. <laughs> yeah. They have great stage presence. I am disappointed that in Screech Out, they don't bring back the ugly stick, um, mm-hmm. which I feel like is a huge missed opportunity. But but it's it's kind of cute because each of the band does their own bow, too. Like they each get a solo and they, and they bow and they like have their own moment. Which is on. Is that still the rare? Or is that just Parmesan or something? This is um, Pecorino. Oh, it's Pecorino. Okay. Oh my god, I want mushrooms yeah. on it. The mushrooms are good. Um, I guess a couple more things about the Apple TV version. Um, I did think it was really cute. I don't know if you watched the credits at all, but it was really cute because they had a lot of pictures of the cast members with the person that they were portraying in the credits, which I thought that was cute. I didn't like the song for the credits though. It was interesting. Just like a because it was like a like a cover cover of welcome to the rock but they also had different lyrics 
Um, it was by the Navigators, the which I thought was like a fitting name, but you know. <laughs> so you know, like most of the time when we talk about Tonys and we talk about best costume, it's basically it's like, whatever costume is the most like elaborate. Normally, it's, it's like, like a era, period costume, yeah. or like like Moulin Rouge, or like like this year it was Hello Dolly that won costumes, which I guess like makes sense. The year of come, come from, from what? Yeah. Okay. Um, because like Darren Hansen is like regular clothes, right? Um. But, like, Come From Away is regular clothes, but at the same time, because they're playing so many different characters, I feel like the costumes do actually work a lot with that. Because, and also, this goes back to direction again. You, like, unless you're really looking for it, you, like, almost never see them change costumes. They just suddenly appear and they're a different person and you're just like, what? What? Where'd you come from? Unless you're Jen Colella, in which case you're like, yeah, you're still Jen Colella. But... Yeah, it is. It's very subtle because Kevin T, one of the gay guys, also plays this like pretty like manly man bus driver in Gander. And I, what is even the difference? I think when he's the bus driver, his button up is tucked in. And when he's Kevin T, he wears a cardigan or something. Like, I don't even recall the difference. It's just like, I think it's just their acting. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really good. And like same with um Kevin J and Ali. Like I that one was tough for me too. Um and even just um Nick, he also plays like he plays Doug, who is like another he's the air traffic control guy. And he has Oh my like, god, I never noticed that. <laughs> yeah. Cause he I goes mean, from like the British accent to like he's just like British and like k- kind of that like awkward British charm to like Newfoundland, he's like a little bit exasperated because his wife keeps trying to save all the animals and he's like, You're gonna get shot. With them changing costume, I don't even know where they keep the costumes. So all of a sudden they're pulling on a jacket. I'm like, where the fuck did that jacket come from? It's just in your in their pocket. <laughs> I don't know. And like this last time when we were watching it, um, I was like trying to pay attention to that. I'm like, okay, they're gonna go put on a costume right now. I'm gonna watch this. I mean, for a lot but, of them, like for Kevin and Ollie, it's just the hat. Right. And then um when who's the brooklyn dude like michael or something he also plays um the the peep a guy from the plane flying in from africa and like that's right. also just a hat i think and it yeah. feels really different that must have been truly terrifying they were just like we have a bus full of people coming from africa and they are terrified and i'm like that checks out yeah because they, they saw the, like, because they're like, we dusted off our Salvation Army uniforms. And he's like, the army is here. <laughs> the other thing that I was trying to pay attention to was, like, they move, like, their only set decorations are, like, 12 chairs and two tables. And I could, like, kind of see them moving the chairs. Like, I paid attention to that part. I still don't know when the fuck they brought the tables on stage. I don't know when they brought them off stage. Like, all of a sudden, there were just two tables there. I do think that the Apple TV version um, takes away a little of the magic there. Because, like, when you have that whole cast on stage and you're just, like, trying to pay attention to everything at once, you, like, don't really notice the details. But then, like, some of the Apple TV shots only have, like, one or two people in the shot at a time. And you, you like, can see like yeah um so i did notice that and uh, like that was when in me in the sky they're like pulling out the flight attendant hats from the drawers in the table which like i just thought they had them in their pockets or something (laughs) um but yeah so like i did notice that for apple tv but Mm -hmm. and apple tv did have like a couple of like from the back shots and also a couple overhead shots that i thought were really nice um because those are not normally angles you would see in person on the northeast tip of North America, on an island called Newfoundland, there's an airport. And next to it is a town called Gander. Tonight we honor what was last, but we also commemorate what we found.
Theater is back. Live performances are back. We could not be more happy because we can actually review shows now instead of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which was great. But like, look, we're so ready to review actual fucking shows. And theater isn't the only type of live performance that is back. So are all the other kind of amazing live performances. We recently went to a cabaret show, which we so sorely missed. And a lot of other shows are open. Burlesque is open. Cirque du Soleil is open. Stomp is open. Blue Man Group is open. Um, so Blue Man Group is back. I have heard from friends that it's a spiritual experience, which is apparently what they claim as well. So it sounds fucking crazy. And you should definitely see their face paint in person. If you are heading to Vegas anytime within the next year, pretty much, we have three pairs of tickets to any Cirque du Soleil or Blue Man Group show playing in Vegas that we're raffling off. So all you have to do to win is follow us on Instagram at Bottomless B-Way and follow us on Twitter at Bottomless B-Way and comment on our Come From Away Instagram picture so that we know you're entered and we will pick three people who will each win a pair of tickets it doesn't just work from blue man group you can take your sexy terry to see oh you can take your sexy terry to see mystere yeah whatever you know it's it's vegas take your sexy terry bottom line is um go see it follow us enter the raffle it'll go be see great. blue man group in new york for with your own money if you want please and that's it yeah like cindy said you can follow us on either instagram and twitter though you have to be following us on both and comment on our instagram posts to enter our raffle but you can find us at bottomless bway you can also email us if you want to give your own thoughts on come from way or the blue man group because we will definitely take opinions on that too at bottomless bway at gmail.com Stay tuned, subscribe to our podcast, and you will be able to get our next episodes, which we'll finally be talking about actual life theater on Broadway that we're seeing again. Um, oh, and follow Augie on Instagram. I cannot say enough good things about the pizza we've eaten tonight. Um, I had the greatest margarita pizza of my life. The second one was a white pizza yes. with the pomegranate seeds and the amazing Long Island mushrooms. That was so good and then the last one with the figs and the smoked ham from connecticut yeah these are so local it sounds super cool you're a very fancy pizza maker and that's tiny pizza kitchen tiny pizza kitchen on instagram do you have anything else any other handles no just tiny pizza kitchen on instagram you don't need a twitter you don't need a facebook you don't need a tiktok fuck tiktok follow him on instagram at tiny pizza kitchen yeah <laughs> and come visit his restaurant once it's open yeah one day this food truck augie's infamous augie's infamous oh yeah backyard beautiful backyard <laughs> naturally warmed by the pizza oven yes um yeah and tune back in in a month yeah We'll be talking we'll be about real shows once again. Flying over Sunset, Carolina, Carolina Change, Change, Mrs. Doubtfire. Probably Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like how we chose the same order. We are like, this is the order this, that This is the order that matters. we're seeing. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, I am pretty excited for this season of Broadway. Stop it now.